Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pallet Plug Podcast. Today, our guest is Richard Helling, uh, the owner of Pyramid Pallets. He and I came across each other on LinkedIn, and I'm always looking for more people to talk to in regards to pallets. And so he had an interesting story. He goes about finding products as far as pallets and other things to sell. I thought it was really interesting and wanted to allow him to share how he got into it, give him some, give us some perspective on economics as well. Uh, a lot of things going on within the industry and the effects that it could have on individuals and their businesses. So let's just get right into it. Richard, would you mind uh, giving us a brief introduction, how you got into pallets and what you're all about. <laughs> sure. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me. And uh, so Richard Helling, I'm in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and um, I sort of wound up in pallets by accident. Uh, I didn't really mean to, but it was just kind of one of those things that happens. As most do. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, my girlfriend sent me down. She went to Ikea and bought a piece of furniture. And as you can imagine, um, it came in five boxes and 40,000 pieces. And so it was, uh, <laughs> right, so I, I, but they didn't have it in store. So I had to go down to their um, big uh, distribution center down here in uh, South Memphis. Okay. And um, so I'm standing on the dock. It's a Saturday morning. It's raining. The place is empty. And I'm waiting for them to pull my shipment. And uh, the, the warehouse manager comes up and I started talking to him. And I said, uh, hey, what's going on with all these dumpsters out here? Like, those, are you throwing those away? And it was filled with pallets. I mean, absolutely level. You know, there were a couple of them and they were just absolutely level with pallets. And he said, oh, yeah, those things are a pain. You know, I can't get, I can't get rid of them fast enough. And I said, you're getting rid of them? Like, you're, you're throwing them away. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, are you... Is there something wrong with them? I mean, are they, are they contaminated? I mean, what's why that doesn't make right. any sense because they look like they're brand new. I mean, like they, yeah. didn't, they, they were literally one use pallets and they were all in really good shape. Hmm. And he said, no, no, I just go through, you know, um, and I don't have anything else to do with them. So we just throw them away. And I said, so you're just throwing good pallets away. And uh, he said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, out of curiosity, what does one of those dumpsters cost? And he goes, oh, about 500 bucks. And I said, uh, okay. And how many do you go through? He goes, a couple a week. And I said, so you're throwing away, wow. you're, you're literally just burning $100 bills in your back here. You're just throwing yeah. it out there. And it's just like, you know, kind of one of those funny things. And uh, so um, I said, all right, he goes, well, you, you can have them, you know, like, hey, tell you what, you want them, you can have them. Yeah. And uh, I said, uh, man, I don't know what I would do with them. I have no clue, you know, and I said, but <laughs> let me think about it. Yeah. And so um, I drove home and I just kind of couldn't get it out of the back of my head because I just thought it was such a weird thing to be throwing away something that's perfectly good. There's no, nothing wrong with it. It's just that they didn't need them and nobody else really wanted them. And so I uh, spent the next uh, six months to a year thinking about it, researching it, seeing if this was oh, even a viable, you know, okay. like I, I didn't just jump into it. I, I was, I really looked around because I thought, you know, it can't be, I mean, it seems so simple. You know, I mean, it seems like it's right. such a, like it's such a basic concept. Um, right. And, but it turns out that, you know, I mean, it was something that was happening a lot. And the more I drove around, the more I thought about it, you know, I just kind of kept my eyes peeled. And uh, I noticed that there were more and more of these dumpsters all around town. And it does help. I, I am a little bit spoiled when it comes to that sort of thing here in Memphis, <laughs> because it's a huge distribution hub. I mean, gotcha. just absolutely massive. You know, you got FedEx coming in here, you got um, all the other major ones, UPS. Um, but the, but uh, the city is very much built around distribution. And so um, I noticed this was happening more and more. And so I just started walking around talking to people and uh, just kind of um, kind of took on a life of its own from there. You know, it started out as a side hustle, turned into, you know, like a 
big time job, you know? And yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the yeah, craziest thing, you know, it's, it's, it's weird how you know, inspiration strikes or when you, you find something that, you, you know, you're thinking you're going to go do one thing and it leads something to completely different. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny how it was like, sometimes people don't think like that, you know, where they're not like looking at it as an opportunity to make something out of what people see as trash. So it really, like how how did you evolve from there how did you just kind of start going out and and finding buyers first or like were you just trying to test and and get the response as far as what you thought could be a business like yeah mostly it was i just went around and started talking to people you know i hopped in my truck and i just drove from building to building literally knocking on doors and just saying hey i noticed you got a you know dumpster full of pallets you got them stacked you know 50 deep out back you know, what's the story? And, you know, are you trying to get rid of them? Do you buy them? You know, I mean, do you sell them? You know, I mean, what's right. the, you know, like, I, cause I really had no idea. I mean, I was just kind of wandering around in the dark, but I just, it just seemed like one of those weird opportunities. And especially once I started calling around to the pallet yards, seeing how much some of these pallets were going for. And I just thought, well, wait a minute, here's a huge disconnect of, um, as a friend of mine that I've been working with calls it, it's a uh, trash to cash. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I, I loved that line because it's something that, you know, you're throwing away or that p- other people are throwing away but there's still great value in it. And also, um, you know, and I love the aspect of it. And this is something that's really cool about this business as well is, you know, I try to keep stuff out of landfills, um, you know, just as the recycling thing. And even if you just get one more use out of the pallet, that's still a whole lot better than throwing away, you know, something that's essentially brand new. Um, I just, I I hate that. I hate seeing that, you know, that kind of waste just doesn't make any sense to me. And so you, you were going and picking up pallets yourself and, and, um, like, ha- did you have a facility to, to build, repair, break them down or like, um, I, so I lucked out, um, early on, uh, where I was, um, able to pick up some pallets, you know, doing some, some hauling, um, and, uh, met some good people around, um, met a guy here in North Memphis who had a huge warehouse and he was asking me about pallets and this is kind of where the, you know, I just happened to knock on his door and he said, so you did pallets, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, come with me. And I was like, oh man, all right, where's this going? And uh, <laughs> it takes me over into his warehouse and he's got plastic pallets that are, I don't know, 30, 40 tall. And he's got like, I don't know, 10,000 of them. I mean, like he's wow. got a whole warehouse full. Wow. And so I said, man, that's crazy. Where, you know, what is going on here? And, um, you know, so he has a, a, a contract with uh, one of the big, big businesses around here and um, they were throwing their pallets away too. And they were catching a lot of grief for it, you know, because the they were throwing away ones yeah, or the wooden with, ones? with the plastic ones. Oh, wow. And so, and so it, it's, you know, that's how that started. So I got into the plastic ones as well. He goes, can you help me sell them? And I said, I sure. <laughs> <Why not>? yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. You know, I mean, when opportunity knocks, right? Yeah. And I said, in the meantime, what are you doing with all this extra warehouse space? He said, well, nothing really. And I said, great. Well, can I start throwing some pallets here? And he said, well, I think we can work out a deal. Nice. And so, I mean, and, um, and that is also the other great benefit of being in Memphis, um, is that uh, there's an awful lot of warehouse space. There's a whole lot of, uh, you know, there. So it's, uh, uh, it, it, it is not hard to come by. And so it wasn't a big reach for, you know, but it wasn't a big ask for this guy who has this giant warehouse, you know, if I could rent some space for him. And so he was very favorable with terms and you know, the whole thing. So that was, uh, that was interesting that that nice. came up. And, um, but, you know, uh, going to it though, uh, he also, uh, he owns a couple of businesses here in town. And he said, and while you're at it, tell me what you think about these. And, um, you know, those big, uh, uh, ratchet straps, I mean, like the real big ones, like they're yeah. three inches wide and, uh, they're 10 meters long. So 33, yeah. 33 feet, you know, the big to ones like that they throw over the, the 18 wheelers that they, you know, okay. the semis where they strap down the big loads. 
And he right. said, uh, he handed me one. and said, what do you think about that? I said, man, that's, that's a hell of a strap. <laughs> and he goes, well, let me show you something. And um, he had Gaylord boxes of them rolled. Um, and I said, where in the world did you get these? And he goes, well, I get a lot of shipments. And he said, I walked out one day and they were uh, just cutting these off. Um, not undoing the ratchet. They were just, they were just cutting them and throwing them in my dumpster. And I was trying to figure out where all these things were coming from and if they'd gone bad in the drive or like what had happened. Yeah. And, and he said, and so I walked out and I saw the guys taking a razor knife to him and he said, I flipped out. I said, what are you doing? These things are, you know, they, they're literally one use ratchet straps. Yeah. And I, he said, uh, don't throw them away. I'll take them. Just start throwing them in the box and I'll have guys coil them and, you know, the whole thing. And so, um, he said, do you think we can do anything with these? And I said, yeah, we can definitely do something with those. And, and that was my first inkling of, hey, uh, what else is out there that might actually be um, you know, something that, you know, kind of the trash to cash thing where something that other people are just literally throwing away, uh, that, you know, they're, they're paying to throw it away, actually. So something that's perfectly yeah. good, they're paying <laughs> to throw away. And, um, you know, so and then that kind of led to well, a number of other things, too. But I mean, that was uh, um, and I think uh, the, the important lesson for me on that one was. First off, just getting out there and meeting people and knocking on doors yeah. and talking to people. Don't be shy. But also, um, secondly, that there are all of these um, weird things that are out there, all of this different um, stuff that comes through these giant businesses that, you know, ratchet straps weren't really anybody's ballgame. You know, they, they, they weren't interested in ratchet straps. That was just something that was in the way. You yeah. know, they ship, they ship steel. They don't care about the ratchet strap. The, ratchet, the cost of the ratchet strap is inconsequential. That's, that's baked in. And so they don't, uh, they don't really care about that. Um, yeah. and so, uh, and so it's really easy for them to give it away because they were throwing it away anyway. And so, uh, <laughs> so it's, it just uh, made sense for them. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, you can have it. I don't care. And at that point, you know, then you turn around and yeah, you can, um, it's depending on what it is, it's pretty easy to find buyers for some of this stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's the, the thing that I'm super curious about. You know, it's like, you must have some interesting conversations with people and like trying to get past gatekeepers to you know be able to to ask and or offer what you have you know it's like how how do you even navigate that is it like do you pick a day uh, or a product for the day you know or is it like you just you just go down a list when you call somebody and you're just like i got pallets i got ratchet straps yeah. like, you know like what do you what do you do yeah no well it's uh, it's funny you say that because that is the biggest hurdle i mean that's the single biggest hurdle is getting past everybody yeah um, but i you know getting we're getting to the right people the person that can say yes or no mm-hmm. i don't care if you say no um, i'd prefer you say yes but i don't care if you say no to me because at least <laughs> yeah. i know that you're making the decision and so Fine. Um, but you know, the funny thing about that though, too, is that I've had plenty of people say no to me, but then they'll call me back, you know, a week, three weeks, six weeks, you know, two months later and say, Hey, you remember when you stopped by? And it's like, yeah, of course I do. And it's like, I don't know. I saw 20 people. Right. Day, and I see <laughs> yeah. 20 people, you know, five days a week. So it's like, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I remember when I came in here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, one warehouse pretty much looks exactly like the rest. You know I mean? It's like, it, it's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, so, um, but yeah, that, that's been the biggest hurdle. And a lot of that is just um, doing a lot of digging um, online. is incredibly helpful with that. But trying to find, you know, LinkedIn is helpful with that. And, mm-hmm. and trying to find um, the person who will give you the answer, whether it's the answer you want or not, is kind of in, you know, inconsequential. It's, it's more um, getting to that because, hey, even if they say no, then that's one person you can check off and say, okay, well, this is sure. a hard no. And there's nothing wrong with getting no. Just, yeah. you know, it's what you got to get to to you know, get to yes. And that's uh, I know it's so cliche, but it's still, I mean, but it's absolutely, there's a reason it's cliche. Uh, yeah. It's accurate. So. 
Absolutely. I think that <clears throat> with with all the different sales that I've done, you know, it's like there's there's uh, different perspectives to have. You can either say, you know, I'm going to force somebody to say yes, there is no such thing as no, or it's like uh, a no now could be a yes later on, or yeah. you know, you, I personally, what I always tried to focus on was like the relationship aspect of it. You know, like really sure. getting looking past just the product that you have to offer. You're really trying to just let that person know that you're a human being, and mm-hmm. if you have something that they could potentially use down the line, I'd rather you look forward to calling me not out of need, you know, out of like desire to actually want to have the conversation and work with me because I've proven myself. And then like the product that I have, like, hopefully it speaks for itself, you know, whether it's pallets, I sold cars, I sold, I worked for Grubhub at a period of time as well. Like that Mm -hmm. was, that was one thing that kind of just sold itself. But with pallets, when I was doing my own thing, selling them directly to businesses, it was always like, I just want to be remembered. You know, I want people to remember the interaction with me because that I feel is what's going to get you to the the call back later down the line. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's 100 percent right. And, you know, one of the uh, one of the lines that I use on a pretty regular basis, and this would probably be helpful to some of the guys out there, too, is that when you get the no. Yeah, and you hand them your card, you know, you talk to them and they say, no, we're not interested, but hand them your business card anyway and say, all right, well, uh, you know, if your pallet guy messes up or more likely win, given some of the pallet guys that are wandering around Memphis, um, <laughs> go ahead and give me a call and I'll get you, you know, I'll get you hooked up with whatever you need. And, um, and then just leave it at that and mm-hmm. say, you know, I'm confident in what I can do. I'm competent. I, I understand your needs. I understand what's going on here. And, um, so when you need me, you know, it's, you know, keep the card and I'll be around. So give me a call. Yeah. And, um, and some of them roll their eyes, some of them laugh, but I've also had multiple people call, give me a call back and say, you know, yeah, my pallet guy really screwed me. He didn't show up for the you know third time that he promised he was going to be there and I'm sick of it. You know, can you help me out? And it's like, well, yeah, of course I can help you out. What do you need? Yeah. And I said, it may be more expensive the first time cause I got to do it on the fly, but we can certainly work on something where, you know, we can get a, a some sort of relationship going where, you know, like kind of consistent you know, I mean, if this is a one-off, then yeah, it's just going to be expensive. But um, right. you know, if this is a consistent thing going forward, then yeah, we can definitely do something with that. Yeah, no, I I think that that's valuable. You know, I think that uh, adding humor into the conversation is is always helpful. You know, people are going to remember that. Definitely. But I think that you made a good point. Is that it's kind of like there's a lot of different people kind of getting involved in this and maybe they've been doing it for a while or maybe they're just getting right. started but the some of the hardest part of this is consistency whether it's in supply or um like y- yourself you know like individuals being consistent with what right. they're doing oh, and absolutely. so like that that you being able to set yourself aside and and be consistent i think is super valuable and super important to people um well, and it's Sorry. good that you mentioned. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because I think that that's absolutely uh, one of the most important things that you can do, especially in this business, um, because it is. You know, I mean, you know, if you don't get the pallets to people, uh, they're they're in trouble. If they can't ship their product, well, then you know, they're they're literally everybody's just standing around looking at each other. Right. So that <laughs> and that, that that gets old to be paying people standing around. I mean, that, that that doesn't you know nobody wants any part of that. And so yeah, but yeah, the consistency is absolutely key. And uh, that is also one of the hardest things to do, um, and, you know, just be consistent with it. And uh, also um, know that when you're, if you're first getting into this, if it's, you've just started, uh, know that it's going to be really hard to start out. 
you know, the first yeah. you know, 50 people you talk to, 100 people you talk to, it's going to be tough. You know, yeah. So there are days where you think, man, what the hell am I doing? I can, I can, <laughs> I I can do many. anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, understand, you understand very well. So yeah. It's, uh, but, and, um, no, I mean, there are going to be bad days, but you know what? You're going to have bad days no matter where you work. You're going to have bad days, you know, doing anything else that you can think of. And, you know, every, every single job has its, you know, good, really good parts and bad parts. And so you just have to be consistent, keep going at it because um, eventually you'll hit that, you know, critical mass of where everything kind of starts to take shape. And then you start getting calls of, you know, like, I don't even remember talking to that person, but now they're calling me and saying they need a trailer load. <laughs> okay, great. Hey, I'll take it. You know I mean? And so, um, but, you know, just, but being that consistent and, and continuing to, to not give up on it and just, just keep knocking and keep talking to people, keep making phone calls, keep doing all that. Um, and, uh, also just keeping your eyes open, uh, for opportunities yeah. as they pop up. I mean, that's, that's the biggest one is don't focus solely on pallets. Uh, nothing wrong with pallets. I mean, I, I love them. They're great. You know, but it's, yeah. uh, but as I said, you know, these warehouses, it's amazing. Some of the stuff that these people are throwing away, that's essentially brand new. And, uh, you know, you can turn around and resell it for, I mean, it, it's kind of shocking. Um, I, I'm doing like a deal. Straps. Right. Yeah, exactly. The straps or are you familiar with uh, super sacks? They're the big, uh, white, no. um, sacks that they load. Uh, it's usually like bulk chemicals into, or like they carry sand in them. Uh, they carry, they're the big, uh, white bags. So, they're about the size of a, uh, well, they come in all sorts of different sizes, but that's size of this Gaylord box. Um, is it kind of like, uh, like those like portable trash Dump, like yeah, it's a very similar. Dumpsters. Yeah, yeah okay. very very similar in, in concept. Interesting. Um, and so um, I ran across a company who uh, wanted a bunch of plastic pallets from me. And while I was standing down there, they said, "Hey, can you do anything with these?" And they had these all these you know stacks of super sacks, hmm. and uh, they were throwing them away. You know, they were literally loading them into this uh, the dumpster with forklifts. And wow. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, absolutely, I can do that. And so um, and I found a guy who's now buying them for eight bucks a piece, and I'm getting them for free. So. Wow. Like, uh, I mean, and that, but that's the sort of thing where it's like, you know, keep your eyes open because, you know, these opportunities exist all over the place. But yeah, you, know, um, you, you just got to keep an eye out and you also have to just kind of uh, be open to whatever you know comes through the door next. Uh, you know, yeah. say, oh, no, I only do pallets. I'm not interested. Well, if I'd said <laughs> that, I'd be out uh, quite a bit of money because right. there's a lot of sacks that are going through that place. Uh, well, oh, no, I don't, I don't deal with anything that silly. And it's like, really? Cause every time I get a check for them, it doesn't seem so silly. Right. <laughs> well, and they, the weirdest part is that, or not, but like the coolest part in my opinion is that it's like you sold this company plastic pallets, right? right. And then yep. they had this other product that they needed assistance getting rid of. So you then right. were able to turn something, turn, turn that into something. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and the important part on that one too, though, is, is that, um, and this is something else that I've learned uh, kind of the hard way, but when you walk into a big warehouse, um, don't look at it like a kid in a candy store. Like the first two, three times I showed up there, I only delivered pallets. I only talked to the, you know, the, the warehouse manager and, you know, she was really cool. And, you know, we kind of hit it off and then she said, well, you know, what else do you sell? And I said, well, I mean, depends on what's going on, but you know, we can do a lot of shipping stuff, especially here in Memphis. And she said, well, what do you think about these? And turns out, but they've got that, they've got, they've got, they also have a, another huge need of pallets for a different location, which mm. I assume, which I'm hoping I'll be getting, yeah. um, you know, and then, uh, they had, oh, everything from IBC totes to 55 gallon drums to, and, um, but I didn't ask for that when I first walked in, I dropped off some pallets. I said, Hey, here's, you know, four or five different kinds. Um, tell me what you like, and then I'll just bring you a trailer load. And then, um, if that works for you. And then, um, as we kind of developed a rapport, uh, 
it became easier to say, Hey, tell me about, you know, what's up with this pile of, you know, super sacks in the dumpster or, Hey, what's going on with it? And, um, so, so don't try to force it and say, Oh, and I do this and I do that. And I can also sell this, <laughs> you know, like start running around because then you just sound like you're out of your mind. Right. And, uh, instead, you know, you've delivered for them consistently, you've gone down there, you've dropped off samples, you've talked to them, you know, they know who you are, they get a little bit familiar with you. And then they feel a whole lot better about asking you about things about you know, like, like the super sacks are a good example or the ratchet straps or whatever. So, yeah, I know I, I, that's a huge, that is a very good point. I think that that is like, sometimes you get really eager, you know, and you get really excited. And then you think about this, or it's like, they're here, maybe somebody hears this conversation and they're like, let me, let me throw it at the wall, you know, like, let me right. see if what's going to stick. So I'm just going to keep going at this, this and that, or like, I'm going to start asking way too many questions rather than just focusing on one thing at a time. And yeah. I think that, <clears throat> that's that's the important part right it's like don't get ahead of yourself especially if you're like new to something like this you want to make so. sure that you come in you you practice you do the one thing over and over and over again and then from there you like your value is established to them and they're like well might as well ask you know or you can then ask but right. again it's it's like you said build the rapport build the trust show that you're reliable show you're consistent show that you can provide value to them and then from there uh, like, don't, don't lie, you know, like, don't sign yourself up for more than what you can do. Like you, it's, it seems have like established connections enough within all these different businesses that whatever really kind of comes your way, you're able to do something with, but you also, it sounds like you do a lot of research prior to jumping into something as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's been a big factor of it, but you know, the other part is, um, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Don't, don't, you know, just a shotgun blast everything and say, Oh no, I'll do it all. Um, but, uh, also don't promise people things like, you know, like I, um, when they said, Oh, can you deal with these super, these super stacks? I was like, yeah, I don't know. Give me a few days. Let me get back to you. Right. And so you, so you don't have to give a firm answer, you know, that day. And like when you're prospecting or you're out there talking to different people and you're saying, Oh, so you need a load of pallets. Okay. And then, and, um, unless, unless you know that you got them sitting in the warehouse and you can load them up today. Right. Don't tell people that, you know, oh, yeah, I can get you that. Oh, yeah, I can. And then, you know, because I, I see that all the time um, on the uh, Facebook group. Mm -hmm. People panicked where it's like, well, I told my buyer that I would have, you know, a truckload of pallets ready today. And I don't, I've, I've got 10, you know, and it's like, well, <laughs> well then why probably, you probably, you did that to yourself. Why did you say that? Yeah. You, yeah. you did this to yourself. I mean, I, I understand sometimes you get, you know, blindsided or something pops up and it's a, you know, you got to deal with something on the fly. I mean, I see it time and time again where these guys have said, oh, yeah, I'll absolutely take all your pallets. And then it turns out they're a funny size and they can't get rid of them. Right. Now, the, those problems, those pallets have become your problem. And that's the last thing in the world you want is, you know, a, a lot full of pallets that you can't sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, right. Like, it's like kind of the nightmare scenario for everybody on this call, you know, or on this, you know, the podcast where they're just thinking, <laughs> oh, man, what have I done? So. Uh, but oh, yeah, I think that's incredible. I think that's incredibly important to, to, you know, don't lie and also be really careful about what you say you can do. And it's perfectly fine to say no back. Yeah. If you get in there and they say, oh, well, I want, you know, $25 a pallet. No, thanks, man. Take care. Yeah. You know, right. But, but if you change your mind, you know, if you can come down off of that, that'd be great. But otherwise, that's uh, just, or that's a funny size. I don't think I can move that or, you know, I mean, or, or give me a few days. Let me see what I can do. Yeah. And, you know, let me, let me call around and see what people are needing right now. Cause you know, that is. If it's a standard 4840, I think pretty much anybody can sell those. Oh, but, definitely. you know, but anytime yeah. you get a, you know, a weird, 
Yeah, I mean, not yeah, nowadays. Right. Well, know? I was going to say, as it, as it used to be, you'd be able to sell those, but right. um, but no, uh, but if it's an odd size or a funny size, um, you know, I'm dealing with that um, out of a factory here uh, that does uh, their block pallets, but they're made out of the solid top plywood top. And, okay, yep. Nice and they're such a those. weird size that nobody really wants them. You know, they're hmm. like 39 and a half by 28 or something. I mean, it's just like this really what funky. Were they but, for? What uh, they were shipping, on? They were shipping batteries on them. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. yep. And so, um, and so they were custom made for that particular product. Right. And because the amount of the, the dollar value of the ballot batteries that was coming on, they could care less about the rest of it. I mean, they're just giving them away. They don't care. I see. You know, the, the batteries, they're in the business of batteries. They don't, they're not in the pallet business. They're not yeah, in anything else, you know, so, cost yeah. of doing business to them. That's exactly right. Um, and you know, it's funny about that though, too, is that, um, I got that job, uh, with the pallets and I figured out what to do with those, um, but it turns out on those same pallets, what comes on it was also a half sheet of plywood or a quarter sheet of plywood um, that was in perfectly good shape, you know, uh, half inch plywood. And I said, oh, what are you doing with all that? After I started getting rid of the pallets for him. And I yeah. said, oh, well, you, you, you can have that too because we're just throwing it away. And so now I'm in the plywood business. It's like, <laughs> okay. well, yeah. <laughs> and, um, But, you know, uh, surprisingly enough, that was one of the easier things I had to sell. Um, that, that actually kind of moved itself. And really? so that was, yeah. And um and, you know, the other thing that too, so this is the interesting part about this business is that there are, uh, um, the numbers get pretty large, pretty fast. You know, anytime you multiply something by five twenty or more, you mm -hmm. know, then it becomes pretty serious. You don't have to make a whole lot per pallet or per sheet of plywood. You know, I mean, that's the, the, the company I'm getting those pallets and those sheets of plywood from, you know, they're doing 200 pallets a day and I get 200 sheets of plywood a day and a day, um, a day. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, you know, you, you don't really have to make a whole lot of money on that, especially when you're not spending any to get it. You know, right. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so even if you're just selling it for a buck, it's like, okay, well, there's $400 a day. Um, <laughs> that like, oh, okay. That's those, those are numbers that work. I like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. in, and you find, you know, a dozen of those kinds of types of deals. And suddenly you start talking about like, oh man, okay, this could get. And so you, uh, and the nice thing too, is now you bridge that gap between uh, pallets and then, you know, the, all the other stuff that you can also sell that can also make money like super sacks or ratchet straps or sheets of plywood or whatever. I mean, like this stuff. And uh, it kind of, um, you know, that's just kind of one more example of how this has built or determined uh, or has become a life of its own. Um, yeah. I, and I think, too, um, one of the previous guests, a member of like my website as well, the Pallet Plug, um, Randy, Randy Ellington of Pallet Sales and Recycling he made a huge point that like this, the pallet industry is very much like, I mean, obviously it's recycling, right? But mm -hmm. there's more to it and it can continue to evolve. And I think that the more relationships that you can build that are around like recycling, repurposing materials, I think that that's, he was kind of saying like, that's the next step within this business for people, or, or at least the way that he was kind of seeing it is it would be helpful for that because Again, there's just so much material waste out there and, and um, things that, again, it's like cost of doing business. They don't even care about it. Like you said, oh, they take it for free, you know, and it's it's not in the sense of like you can make tons of money because it's free. It's like, no, like look at how much like value you're providing, not only to the business, but like environmentally, you know, like the, how sure. much stuff Absolutely. you're saving from the landfills, from filling up dumpsters, saving them money in regards to that too. So it's just, right. it's, it's 
cool to see that like you have it almost seems like you know you're you just you got a lot of luck you know <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and no. i'm not <laughs> to say that it's not effort and and work you know so go yeah. ahead i, I don't no, want to no. take away from from that no you're absolutely right and no and and um you know luck is uh, i've always been a lucky person but um also i think that in a lot of ways you make your own luck you know i mean you still got to knock on the doors you still got to you know Absolutely. Get your, put yourself out there and understand that, you know, sometimes you're going to yell out for no particular reason. Sometimes people are going to be rude. <laughs> you know, sometimes people are just, you know, they just don't want to deal with you and that's okay. Yeah. You know, you just have to say, all right, well, you know, I mean, keep going, you know, you gotta stay, <laughs> yeah. just stay, uh, go back to consistency and then just be dedicated and keep working at your, at it, you know, cause it's all jobs are work. They are. Yeah. It is. Uh, I, but I also, I firmly believe um, that as long as you're in any sort of, um, uh, I mean, it, it becomes a whole lot. Of, if you're super rural, it becomes a whole lot more difficult or a whole lot harder. Definitely. Um, but yeah. if you're in any sort of uh, you know major city or larger, close to a major city, um, you know, if you keep working it, uh, you, you just basically there's almost no way you can fail. You know, if you just if you follow just some basic rules of just be consistent, be honest, and you know, just tell the people what you can do and what you can't do, and uh, you know, it goes a long way. Yeah. Oh, I, but I, but I, I'm also very lucky too. So. <laughs> yeah, you're like not to take away. <laughs> no, no, not at all. That's <laughs> no, I, and I, I, I appreciate you saying that too. You know, where it's like not we're not trying to put out unreal, unrealistic expectations for people to say, you know, you're going to stumble across free material and you're going to make tons of money off of it. It's like no, like you, you're you work for this. You've continued to show up and continue yeah. to be creative in the way that you're approaching this business and looking for opportunities, but, you know, establishing your uh, trustworthiness and value well enough that these people start to propose these other options to you, you know, and, and recognizing that like there is a market for, for everything in some mm -hmm. way, shape or form. So, right. I mean, it's like, I couldn't imagine trying to call a place and be like, hey, I have ratchet straps. Do you want to buy ratchet straps for me? You know, <laughs> I know that I sounds like, insane, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like the fact that because they're like, no, I can go and buy that online, or I can go and buy that from, I don't know, whatever supplier of yeah. whatever material. You know, it's hardware like, freight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So it's like, so how do how do you like do that? One, I work right. Like you put in a lot of effort, but I'm curious. Like, what's your research process? You know, like how do you go about? Do you just go across Google, like looking up use for these things? Like, how do you do it? You know, um, it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what the, uh, what product it is I'm trying to sell. You know, I mean, pallets let's, are pretty straight. Pallets are, yeah, go ahead. I want to say like, let's focus on the ratchet straps. That's the one I'm curious about. You know, like, I feel like it's a, it's creative one. So yeah, actually and the ratchet straps are one that was uh, relatively easy because you just start calling trucking companies. I mean, okay. and that's, you know, yeah. that's, I mean, like it's, you know, where do they come from? I mean, that's, that's the easiest thing that I started. Gotcha. I mean, you know, don't reinvent the wheel on this, you know, like what do they yeah. come off of? It's a good point. They come off of big trucks. Okay. Well then go talk to people with big trucks right? You know, and then just move from there. And then it's like, okay. Um, and you know, when I got sick of that, I went around to all the uh, party rental town, uh, party rental places around town, oh. put up the big tents. Yeah. And they all, if you've ever been to, I don't know, I've been to a wedding or something like an outdoor event. If you notice on the corners, they all have these huge ratchet straps and that's how they strap them down. So they don't catch the wind and let's see them, but they're the big thick ones because gotcha. some of these tents are, you know, bigger than my house. And it's, uh, so 
they need to strap it down with something that isn't going to break. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, like there's all these different things. Wow. You just kind of have to continue to, to think about all these different ideas. And, you know, like I have one right now that's completely stumped me. Um, even though I've done everything in the world I can think of, and I just don't know what yeah. else to tell them anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, on those, uh, uh, the, that one where I'm uh, 200 pallets and 200 sheets of plywood a day. Yeah. Um, they also come with, uh, some wooden sticks. Uh, I think I've got one around here somewhere, but they're about 20 and a half inches long and they're one by <laughs> one by two or one by three. Okay. Uh, and, um, you know, they're, they're actually really good wood, um, but nobody wants them because they aren't long enough. And they, I get, uh, 1200 gotcha. of them. I get 1200 of them a day. And, wow. Um, yeah. And so that it's, uh, ridiculous. I, I know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> 1200 a day that they're just throwing away and I can't find anybody that wants them. I mean, I've gone through everything I can think of, um, from, um, using them to stack in between other pieces of wood that they use when they're in logging companies, when they're drying wood out, they have to separate it. Right. So it doesn't, um, did that, uh, no dice. Um, I mean, I, I've talked to builders to use it as subfloor, not interested. It's not long enough. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I've, uh, I've even started, uh, I've contacted, um, like, uh, Canva, the people that make canvas for art okay. and, um, and you to, to use it to stretch the canvas for the gotcha. frames, you know? And so it wouldn't be huge, but you're still talking about almost two foot by two foot, you know I mean? So right. And they're not interested. And so, I mean, that's one that's kind of stumped me. That is funny, but it's, uh, you know, you just got to keep, keep thinking about it and just kind of keep rolling it around and try to figure out, um, you know, I, I called a company that made, um, pull out drawers for, uh, silverware. Okay. And, uh, they weren't really interested in it and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And that's a lot of them. And that's a really good price, but you know, um, but we can't really use it. And so then I called companies that made spice racks, you know, and I mean, so you just kind of keep working. I mean, it's, but I know it, wow. it's, you just got to come up with, you know, you just got to think outside the box, but, um, you know, going back to luck, I've also always been pretty good at coming up with, uh, unusual ways of, you know, getting around things or, or working with things. And so that's, yeah. uh, that, that is uh, like reasonable to be stumped by though. I'm like sitting here being like the, the, what you've told me, you've already kind of contacted and tried to do with them. Like I yeah. would, that would have surpassed yeah. what I was thinking. Hold on a second. Like, let me show it to you. Real quick. Yeah. You. Yeah, so that's it. And it's just, you know, a piece of wood. Oh, did you post that in the yeah. Facebook group? Yeah, sure I did, thought yeah. so. Okay. Yeah, so gotcha. and, and that's right. So 1200 of these a day. And they're heat and, treated and everything. Yeah, heat treated and I mean really nice pieces of wood. They're uh, software. They think it's pine. Uh, but wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So Hey, if there's anybody listening, <laughs> if you have a good idea, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put it in the comments. You can reach That's out right. to Richard through the Facebook yeah. group as well, LinkedIn. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, hopefully but, you can find something to do with it. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, but but no, absolutely. But that sort of goes back to um, being open to uh, new ideas and being open to whatever shows up. You know, it never even crossed my mind that that might be something that you know those pieces of wood might be something that um, I would be even remotely involved in. But at the yeah. same time, um, you know, when you see uh, Gaylord boxes filled with those and hundreds of them in a row, um, you just start to think, yeah. man, the waste. I mean, like there isn't a spot on this wood. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, just to see that go into a landfill, just that's just not right. I mean, that, that, there's just something about that that just, you know. So. I agree. I think it's sad because, I again, I remember when you posted that in the Facebook group and I was like, wow, that is a lot. Like you said, it's literally just like – Gaylord boxes lining up with those things that are filled. So I, it's crazy. 
you know maybe maybe there's a company that uh well, i looked at that and the first thing i thought of was like back in high school we made um trebuchets you know, yeah. maybe there's a company that manufactures <laughs> trebuchets on a small scale, like toys yeah. or something, you know, like maybe a toy company could use it or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's, but I mean, but the, the nice thing is, so it's that it's that kind of thinking outside the box that is going to help you um, in your business ultimately. Is yeah. that because, you know, yeah, you know, we, you, if you basically only do pallets, then you need to start looking into, you know, what else is available um, because, you know, you don't want to get caught out. And then that's a, that's a big deal, <clears throat> and especially considering the, the prices of pallets, the fluctuation has been so crazy in the past few years that um, I don't know how some of these guys are going to make it. I mean, I really I, don't. It, it I just, think this is a good transition into you know some of the other topics that you wanted to to discuss. Yeah, yeah. So and, um, uh, well, it was uh, you know one of the big ones, and I think that this probably has a lot to do with uh, you know, at least some of your listeners is um, you know the commercial real estate market is is in trouble. I mean, it really is, you know, I got hammered by COVID and, uh, you know, what is it? There's going to be uh, that's a one and a half trillion dollars in mortgages are going to come due uh, within the next two years. And that's just for commercial real estate. You know? And so, um, and the default rate is climbing. And um, the really scary part here is that uh, most of the commercial real estate is held by regional and local banks. And so the regional and local banks are the ones that are going to just take an absolute beating. And so you've seen the bank failures last year of mm-hmm. uh, Silicon Valley Bank. And then uh, I think it was, uh, was it Signature Bank? I think there was two or three other ones. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that that's something that everybody that either leases commercial space or owns commercial space, um, you know, or, you know, is paying for commercial space needs to keep in mind is that in the next couple of years, um, that, that whole area is going to become a whole lot worse and it's become really tough. And so uh, be careful when you renegotiate your contracts, if you're renegotiating for, you know, I mean, uh, I had talked to a warehouse manager the other day that has 10 locations around the country. And he wow. said that they were, um, they had actually started closing down some of their warehouses because the people wouldn't negotiate on rent. And, um, really? and in one case they're even trying to raise their rent. And he was like, have you seen what's going on with commercial real estate right now? That's two years, you know, I mean, it's going to be, um, so it's, uh, and, and, and so that, that has a huge, that is potentially, um, a, a huge impact. And and the problem with it is it says interest rates rise. Um, when you go to refinance, mm-hmm. you don't get to refinance anymore at 2% or 3%. Now you're looking at eight, nine, ten 10%, you know, and if you think it's not a difference, well, look at the payment difference. You know, I mean, it's it's a real simple. You know, I yeah. Mean, add eight percent to your pay your rent, and you know, like yeah. So it's um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because that's a uh, there's way oversupply and uh, not enough demand, and you know, you're going to see. Unfortunately, I think you're going to see some real failures in the commercial real estate, and that has potential to um, to drag us all down. Yeah. Um, well, and how 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 do you so there's a bug in front of me how do you yeah. see that kind of moving into like the our industry and affecting our industry well i mean obviously you know any of the warehouse space that we have is uh yeah i mean you're stacking pallets and that sort of thing but also as you see these businesses pull out especially the, the larger businesses the warehouse that do a lot of um uh storage for a lot of you know like pulling parts individual things you know they have like these massive rows of of um stacked pallets with you know product on it um if those businesses aren't there anymore, then there's no demand for our pallets anymore. And that's, um, that should be concerning to everybody here. 
Yeah. Everybody that's listening to this right now and said, you know, I mean, it's just a, it's a simple supply and demand. And if the people, you know, this guy that closed down a couple of his warehouses because he wasn't going to deal with the increased rent, I said, what are you doing with the extra product? And he said, I'm shipping it to the other warehouses. And so um, he's just kind of consolidating. And mm. so that means that there's a couple of warehouses out there where somebody's providing pallets for him right now that they won't be in. And these are big warehouses and they won't be providing pallets for him in six months or a year and um and it, and it's no big deal if it's just one account or two accounts but you know you know or, but it, as i say it's no big deal um but if that account accounts for 20 30 40 50 percent of your income you know or if that's the only account you have you know if you're just you're, you're just starting out um mm-hmm. and you lose all your income wow you know i mean that's that's a major blow and a lot of people are not going to be able to recover from that and that's that's really too bad that's I, I see like it's now starting to click. I see what you're saying now. Cause at first I was kind of like, how, how does that necessarily correlate? But like what you're saying is that by these businesses, one either not wanting to, or not being able to afford the space to continue to operate, they shut down, which then still, which then trickles down to the pallet industry. Because again, warehouses, everything usually sits on a pallet. It's shipped on a pallet. So like, I see what you're saying now. It makes sense where it's like, it's not just, you're not just talking about office spaces and, you know, like sales uh, floors and things of that nature. You're talking yeah. about like warehouse space and shipping right. and receiving. Well, and, 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 it, and, it, and it affects the entire, um, and, and in some ways it is even down to like the nail salons and, you know, the pizza places and that sort of thing too, because as more of that space is unused, um, it creates a drag on everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, and it doesn't take much of a drag to really, uh, to pull everything down, you know, I mean, you're not talking about, it doesn't have to be huge numbers. And, but when you start talking about, you know, trillion and a half dollars come and do in the next two years to, to either refinance or pay off, um, you know, I mean, it, it's going to push down property values. It's going to drive some people out of business. It's going to, uh, I mean, it, so it, it's weird how these things correlate. Um, and you don't necessarily even understand or see your see make the connection of how it's, uh, um, how it's connected to our business, but it, uh, it certainly is. And it's something that, um, you know, that, that, and, and also, and in addition to, um, you know, the warehouse space, you have, uh, the effect of if commercial real estate goes bust, <clears throat> it's going to drag the whole economy down. It's going to freeze everything up. It's going to be very similar to 2007, eight, nine, you know, when the housing market went, just went to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you saw what that did to the economy. And yeah. so that's, uh, I mean, I was young. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe you read about what that did. The yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, I, I was not at all conscious of it. You know, yeah. I'm only 27. So oh, okay. it was very yeah. much more of a, yes, now, now hearing the comparisons, you know, yeah. like what's going on versus, versus yeah. then. But, Go ahead. But no, I mean, but it's funny how that, um, these things really tie together and, and if you put the entire country into a deep recession, um, because of commercial real estate, for example, mm-hmm. um, and that's just one of the, the many problems that, that can pop up, but this commercial real estate thing, it's a real big deal. You know, it's a, it's a 20, a $20 trillion uh, real estate market, commercial real estate, you know, you know 20 with a T trillion. That's and, crazy. um, I mean, that's that kind of money, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and so unfortunately though, if even a small percentage of that goes bust, uh, has just the, you know, it has the, the effect on all of us. It drags everything down and right. it'll deflate. You know, it'll be just, it, it's a huge issue. And so it'll be uh, interesting to see if they can even get a hold of it because it's not even something that really, um, I don't know what sort of, uh, 
legislation you should you could pass. I mean, I really don't know that there's anything to do about it because it's just a simple numbers game. You go to the bank, you say, I want to finance this, you know, this warehouse. And they mm -hmm. say, okay, here's the interest rate. The bank isn't going to say, oh, well, we really like you. So here's a 2% loan. Right. You know, that's right. not how they, <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> clearly <laughs> you don't understand how banks work. That's, <laughs> you know, because, but, um, and, and so that, and that also goes to, Okay, so you can't get a loan on that because you can't afford it. So you're not going to start a new business. And I mean, so this has this entire, it's just kind of this downward spiral that, you know, you can get sucked into and through no fault of your own, you can really get hammered by this. And so uh, my advice would be to anybody out there that um, if you do lease, if you're leasing or have commercial real estate, anything tied into it, um, be really careful and make sure that you're, you're in a good spot and maybe even try to renegotiate. Um, and I think that as uh, this gets a little bit worse as we move forward and, and uh, in the next uh, year and a half to two years, um, you might be even in a position to where you could renegotiate the terms of your lease and um, nothing like, you know, being able to lower your payments a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's going to take a little bit first because uh, they're saying right now that there's so little on the market that's being bought and sold that there's not an accurate valuation for much of anything right now. Uh, Interesting. You know, yeah. So like when you buy a house, they take the comps from all the, the houses that are similar in nearby area. Right. Um, and they kind of do the same thing in commercial real estate, but because there's almost no sales in it right now, they're looking at numbers that it's like, oh, well, this is from 10 years ago. Oh, this is from 15 years ago. And it's like, well, that doesn't have <laughs> anything to do with today. Yeah. Nothing at all. So it's, um, it's, it's just, goes, yeah. go ahead. No, no. I was going to say that goes for, for like rent or if somebody's like trying to finance the, space or like you know like that's what you're trying to say is just like in comparison to it. there's not enough information currently exactly. to base any of their asks off right. of yeah and they say it's going to be fifty thousand dollars a month to rent this well how do you know i mean yeah. it's like <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't moved anything in so long that it might not be fifty thousand anymore maybe it's 30 maybe it's 25 maybe it's less mm -hmm. and that's something that um i think that everybody should at least be aware of and be uh um, because that can have a huge impact on your business. You know I mean? That can, that can wipe you out in one phone call. Yeah. And once again, through no fault of your own. I mean, that's not bad business practice. That's not anything. It's just that, you know, we, unfortunately, uh, we kept interest rates too low for too long and, um, now we're paying the price and then, well, and COVID didn't help. And then of course, uh, we dumped a ton of money into the economy. So money was basically free there for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, great for the stock market, but not so great when you have to pay the bar tab at the end of the night. You know what I mean? It's a, <laughs> you know, you're going to have a hell of a hangover from that one. And uh, I think that that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And that's, you know, the, the spike in inflation. You're seeing all of the, the consequences that were inevitable from um, the uh, not only the low interest rates that were kept artificially low for years. And I understand some of the reason why they did it, but not all of it. And then uh, seeing that move forward, um, you know, just it was everybody kind of knew it was coming. I mean, there was no way that it couldn't. I mean, it's just, it's, it, that's just the natural way that, you know, I mean, that's the way it's, you know, basic economics. So, but not to get too deep on the economics there. Yeah. <laughs> and who wants to listen to an economics lecture? Oh my gosh. Hey, so. You know, but it, again, it's, it's still like you're saying, you're, it's relevant to like this industry, you know, it's, it's thing, everything is in some way interconnected. And so uh, like, you know, you're, you're not saying it to just spiel, you're, Ma right. saying it in a way that's like how it's relevant to our like my listeners and or the podcast listeners i don't want to sure. claim anything but you know like yeah. I, it's it's still relevant for people so i think it's important to hear that perspective and to know that like 
you know, these are the types of conversations that you should be thinking about and should have it, be having with, with your fellow uh, pallet industry folk and also like warehouse people, talk to them, see what's going on there. Uh, I, again, it's, uh, this is above, you know, my a level of, of uh, I don't know, I've never looked that much into this, you know, I've never thought about it that much. I'm not an economic person. So I always like to listen to these conversations because it's helpful for me where it's like, okay, well now, like I just, I've always felt like I learn more from other people because then it encourages me to go back and do my own research and to look at, look into things yeah, on my own. Absolutely. And, you know, this isn't, this is not financial advice, you know, this no, is, no, as I'm not giving you any financial advice. I'm just right. telling you to like, be careful in the next couple of years because yeah. this is something that's coming, you yeah. know, whether you like it or not, this will happen. Right. And so it's uh, you know, like just go ahead and brace yourself and be prepared. And that's really all you can do. And yeah, I mean, the rest of it kind of is like you said earlier, it's luck. Um, you know, and, but it's, uh, but also I think in a lot of ways, uh, you kind of make your own luck. You can, yeah. you yeah. can certainly pay attention to these things. And this is the other interesting part about this business, um, is because it's pallets, uh, it touches almost everything in our lives. I mean, there's almost, Absolutely. if you look around your house, there's almost everything that you're looking at, um, is, has been on a truck or on a train. It's been on a pallet at some point in its life, Absolutely. You know, one way or another, it was, you know, and, and so, um, because our business touches on almost every other business in the world, uh, we're either tied directly or indirectly to every other business, every other country, how, you know, you know how China's doing has a huge impact on how we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's in the supply and the flow of pallets and the demand. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, that is an absolute massive driver. And, you know, so, um, it, it I know it's sometimes a little bit of a stretch to think about, uh, well, why does, how does that pallet, you know, what difference does it make if, if China is in a deflationary cycle? What does that have to do with my pallet here? And it's like, well, it turns out that, you know, it's sending, you know, was it 40? I wrote it down here somewhere. It's uh, 40 billion a month in trade with the United States. And wow. I, I think it's 40 billion a month. I, I don't know where that number is. Uh, yeah, 42.7 billion um, is what we do a month in trade. Wow. And, um, you know, if that drops 10%, you know, you've, you've lost $4 billion. And that's think of how much stuff can go on pallets. $4 billion worth of product is a lot of pallets. You know, it's a lot of pallets to sell. Yeah. And that's a yeah. lot of, and that, and that it ties directly to what we do, whether we like it or not. And so, you know, we are completely tied to it. Um, and it's, uh, so it's worth, I think, looking at it with a little bit uh, wider lens and seeing some of the stuff that's, you know, coming down the pipe that's uh, really, uh, potentially a problem. Uh, and the only good one is the, uh, uh, UPS is talking about going on strike. I've uh, seen. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. That's July 31st. And so that's 300,000, wow. 400,000 employees that are going to be out of work or on strike, um, basically overnight. And I mean, it, the number of pallets alone is mind boggling. I mean, they just, and, and, you know, that's something that, that could happen here in just a few weeks. And so, I mean, and, and it's just a million and one little things like that, where it's like, well, why does UPS have anything? And UPS is a little bit easier to understand why it has stuff to do with us, but it's, uh, you, know, you don't think that's going to throw the whole world into a fiasco. You know I mean? Like that's going to just cause massive problems in every direction. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> it's, it's, it's little things like that where, you know, it's kind of, you got to pay attention to it because, um, if you're not prepared, just like the, uh, commercial real estate, if you don't have that, at least a little bit in the back of your mind, I think you're uh, probably making a mistake because it's, um, uh, it's it's easy to get wiped out on this game, very easy. And, yeah, in pallets, um, I, you're saying. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I would hate to see anybody, um, uh, get wiped out unnecessarily or, for, or through no fault of their own. You know, I mean, yeah. if you run a bad business, you run a bad business. That's on you. Right. <laughs> but it's the, uh, but for all of this macro stuff that you have no, you know, you don't affect interest rates. You have no bearing whatsoever on the Chinese economy. You can't change any of that stuff. Uh, and yet it can still take you out pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, and I think that you're even seeing it currently, you know, with, uh, with the drastic price changes and, and, um, like overflow of inventory, I feel like that is having a big toll, taking a big toll on people. I've heard of people selling uh, at this time because of that, or you know, smaller guys that maybe got started even if, I, I, five years ago. You know, like not even related to COVID. They've been doing it for a bit, um, but again, it's like they got comfortable doing something. You know, whether it was like the price that they were selling at, and they they ran their business like that. You were saying like bad business, maybe I. I don't know. I kind of but didn't think where I was going with that intentionally. But my point is that it's like, yeah, even like right now, there is things that are affecting people um, in regards to running, to, to staying open, keeping their business open on like price and inventory is a huge thing right now. Have you heard about this and known about this? And uh, Yeah. And, and that's a lot of that's being driven by... Um... And once again, I don't want to go too deep into the economics because you know, you you know? you'll be able to hear the listeners turning off, be like, okay, I'm changing the station. I don't want any part of that. <laughs> but no, um, again, if it's relevant, you know, yeah, but, um, the EU uh, was uh, in recession uh, fourth quarter last year, first quarter this year. And I haven't seen second quarter numbers yet. They should be coming out here fairly soon. But um, so the uh, third largest economy in the world is the EU. And uh, when they go into recession, recession is just basically a contraction of the economy. You know, just everything is, you know, it's not expanding or you got the contraction of the economy. Everybody's pulling back, spending less, they're cutting workers, they're doing the whole thing. Well, that just means less money to spend on goods and services, particularly goods was what we're most interested in. And um, so you have fewer buyers, but the same amount of product, well, you're going to have an oversupply of product. Mm -hmm. And um, then it leads to all sorts of imbalances as things move forward. And that's, you know, that that's the EU. Uh, China is like I said, mentioned earlier is, um, you know, they did the COVID lockdowns and they, they really, they, they screwed their economy bad. I mean, it's, even though it's, it's basically controlled by the government, even the government can't fix this one for them. And so, um, believe it or not, they're locked in a deflationary cycle. It looks like, um, I was reading that on uh, Forbes, I think yesterday hmm. where, um, and you think, Oh, deflationary is good, right? Everything's going to cost less. But what's interesting is, is that it has a very similar effect to inflation. Um, the deflation, if you know that the car that you were going to buy today will be $500 cheaper tomorrow, you're going to buy it today or tomorrow right? and the day after that and the day after that. And so it doesn't matter if one person doesn't buy a car, but if 10 million people don't buy a car, yeah. well, then you start talking about, oh man, this is like, you know, you get into it pretty quick. And then it's just, it gets into the, the opposite cycle of inflation where there are no jobs there because everybody's gotten laid off or there are kids, you know, nobody's spending anything. Yeah. And if nobody's spending anything, then, you know, they're not buying goods and services, then, you know, we're out of jobs too. Because uh, the goods aren't being shipped as much, you know, people are canceling orders. There's, you know, and so you, you know, it all ties back together. So uh, you're seeing a stack up right now um, just because the the world economy and even the United States uh, is having some trouble, but it's not anything like EU or China right now. I mean, we're in significantly better position than either one of those. Um, got mm -hmm. the inflation down to about 3%. Uh, the jobs report, yeah, jobs report yesterday was uh, uh, unemployment's 3.6%. And, uh, 209,000 new jobs last month. So wow. that's pretty good um, yeah. considering uh, numbers of other countries in the world are not 
even close. I mean, they're in real trouble. Hmm. So, uh, and unfortunately, because there's global trade now and we're tied directly to the EU and China, whether we like it or not, um, these are things we have to consider. These are things we have to think about. We do have to consider what's going on with these different parts of the world. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's a lot to think about, but it's still something yeah, worth considering. <laughs> and so, yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm curious, like for somebody listening in, you know, and, and say that they, they want to start getting, informing themselves and educating themselves on this. Like, where do you think, do you have like three top websites that you would suggest people go to? to check for this information. Like I know you said oh, Forbes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Forbes is on there. Um, really any of the financial websites, uh, uh, Bloomberg is good. Uh, wall street journal is good. Okay. Um, and I'll send, I'll send you some links or I'll, I'll give you some links if you want and uh, yeah, you can and post I'll it on your website the... and, and that way yep. you can kind of, and it'll tell you where I got some of this information. And once again, this is just information that I picked up. You know, you don't you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to, and you certainly don't have to like it, but you, it's, uh, <laughs> right. it's certainly something that's worth thinking about. And maybe yes. you read the same information I read and you come up with a completely different, you know, picture of what is going to happen. And, and that's fine. That's good. But you should at least be thinking about it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, would, it would be a mistake not to think about it because, you know, you're setting yourself up uh, for failure if you're not looking at what the, the macro environment is doing yeah. um, as far as that goes. But yeah, so I'll, I'll send it over and, um, and I think it's kind of the disclaimer you said earlier. We're not giving financial advice. Yeah. You know, like, yep, yeah. I am not a financial advisor. Let's be really clear on that. I am not telling you what to do with your money. You make right. your own decisions on that. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. um, but it is something that, uh, you know, at least it should be in the back of your mind. I, I so. agree. This, the whole concept of, you know, why I wanted to have the podcast was information sharing, you know, and just it's not meant to tell you to do something a certain way or, you know, you need to be doing this. None of that. It's solely one person does this a certain way and thinks in this fashion. And yeah. it is solely for you to consume and do with what you want, you know. Exactly. And so all it is is to put that out there for people, allow them to listen to it, allow them to think about it and do your own research. And, you know, they're going to make their own decisions at the end of the day. This yeah. is not meant to be influential. I think it's important that, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing your perspective in doing the research to, and, and wanting to talk about this because you know it's things that i personally never think about we're so caught up in our own daily lives sometimes that it's oh, like, yeah. like macro it's like shoot i want to i don't even know what i'm going to make for dinner tonight you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean? like, like, I don't remember what day it is most i'm like is this right. monday tuesday i don't right. know it's just they kind of all run together yeah yeah but, yeah no. and it's anxiety inducing sometimes to think like that but again it's helpful because it's like Thank, I, I'm appreciative that you're you're that type of person to go and, and know this and look, look in, into this and want to share it because I think that, uh, you know, if you yourself aren't that type of person to do the research or don't know where to look or don't know, you know, where to start, it's like, well, it's people like you that can help with that. You know, it's people that are yeah. willing to do that research and spend the time yeah, reading and that. And I'll, and I'll show you exactly, you know, I mean, I'll send you links to the websites. I'll, I'll pull them all up and I'll send you yeah. the links, but I mean, and, and let the people, you know, let them, you can make your own decision, your own, you know, uh, you can decide whether what I'm saying is right or wrong. I mean, Hey, I, I very easily could be wrong. I'm right. just telling you what's worked <laughs> for me and what I'm seeing coming down now. Yeah. Um, now if you read it and come up with something completely different, well, maybe you found the secret and you're way ahead of the game. Um, but <laughs> uh, I've, I've never, I've always been one where it's like, it's not a bad thing to have more knowledge. It's not a bad thing to have Absolutely. a little bit better understanding of whatever it is you're doing. You know, it's, it's never going to hurt you to know a little bit more. And so if you don't necessarily want to do the research, I get that. But 
this is all basically, I mean, I give you the list of the websites and you can, you know, you can read the same stuff I'm reading and, and make your own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I, and I think that that's, uh, that's, that's the world that we're living in. You know, it's like, you're either, you've been doing it one way and you're going to keep doing it that way and you're not going to change or you stay open-minded and you're willing to try different things and do different things. And, um, you know, especially in this industry, I feel like it's, very much been done a certain way for a certain period of time. And I want to give a shout out to um, Phil, the owner of Palette Connect. I, I had the opportunity to talk to him yesterday and he's, you know, it's technology. And he was saying how it's like, it, I'm just solely trying to make your life easier. You know, I'm trying to provide uh, a new way of doing things. You know, if you don't want it, then by all means, you're going to keep doing what you're doing, but it's right. solely to just, show you another way, uh, another option. And, and yeah, so that's, no, I mean, and that makes, no, that makes perfect sense. And that's yeah. actually really great advice, you know, where it's, um, you know, giving people the option to, and, uh, you know, think of it kind of like your diet, what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you Absolutely. or anybody else, you know? And so like, it, and why is it some people can, you know, eat at McDonald's every day and then not gain an ounce and other people drink a glass of water and they gain 20 pounds. You know I mean? It's like, I don't know why that is. I have no clue but what works for me and you know how this has unfolded for me, uh, probably won't work for anybody else, but that's okay. Because if even one idea that I've thrown out today or one thought, you know, if it pushes you in one direction that you hadn't thought of before, then I would say that it's been a very valuable time, you know, having spent listening to this and, uh, you know, having this conversation because sometimes it's just, the spark of an idea, you never know where they're going to come from. But when they come, you know, if you can catch it and then realize, and, and sometimes, you know, you see it coming two years down the road, like the commercial real estate thing. And sometimes you're standing on a dock on a Saturday morning, wondering what the hell you're doing in South Memphis, you know, with, you know, with a warehouse manager for Ikea. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's weird how these ideas come up sometimes, but if you can just kind of open yourself up to it and be prepared for what comes, you know, or what could potentially come next, I think that's going to be a huge um, advantage to you. This just long term. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm very grateful and appreciative of you taking the time to do the research and to share and coming on today and, and sharing all this information. I I personally feel like this is a, a good way to to almost end the show. I mean, is there other yeah. things that you felt like? No, Go that's ahead. great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and if anybody has any questions or they want to talk about it more, um, my information is out there. I mean, you're welcome to post my information and give me a call. Perfect. We can talk about it. And um, I'm, you know, and I, like I said, I'll send you the links and you can post them on online and that'll tell you, you know, you can, people can follow if they have questions about it or if, you know, if you want to talk about it more. Um, obviously, I do a lot of this reading, a lot of this research, so I, I, <laughs> yeah. I have a pretty good understanding of it. But it's, uh, um, in, in my former life, I worked in mergers and acquisitions. And gotcha. so, um, so that's why I do a lot of the, the nerdy stuff where it's like, Oh, the economics <laughs> policy. Cool. What's that about? It's like, right. Oh man, really? <laughs> <laughs> but you so, needed to. And I yeah. think that it's, it's helpful. Like I said, yeah. you know, not everybody has their things that they're good at and they like to do. And I think that, you know, you, you bring value to the conversation and it's, uh, something that people can benefit from. Again, it's, we're not directing anyone to do anything. And I think yeah. that, um, I will absolutely include your, your LinkedIn in the description below the video. Um, so people can find you from there and <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, you know, I, again, I'm super appreciative for, for you coming on today. Well, I, thank I, you for I, everything that you've done. <clears throat> I really appreciate it too. I know we all do. And it's been, I know it's been a lot of work, but, uh, but no, it makes a big difference. So we certainly appreciate that as well. Well, thank you. I, I, 
appreciate that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. I, so things have been going pretty well right now. So I, yeah, I'm I'm just extremely thankful every single day and uh, patient. You know, very very yes. patient every single day is really <laughs> okay. what I try to remind myself <laughs> of. So um, yeah, patient, Th- patience and consistency. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> going back to the literal first part of our conversation. Exactly, so it yeah. applies to everything. But yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Richard. Well, again, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming on today. For everyone who's listening, if you made it this far, I always at the end of the video ask you to subscribe. I don't know why I don't do it at the beginning, but regardless, (laughs) if you made it this far, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your day.